You are listening to the Jabin Chavez Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help you find your organizational culture and leadership values. Jabin is a pastor, artist, and highly sought-after speaker who has a long track record of growing departments, ministries, and organizations. We know that this podcast will bring value to you as a leader and to your entire team. I want to talk just a couple minutes, leadership trust, leadership trust. And I want to go back to Joshua 3, 7, which we uh, looked at last week. The Lord told Joshua today, I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all of the Israelites. They will know that I'm with you just as I was with Moses. And so leaders are made. I will make you a great leader. Leaders are made. There's a part, I think, as well that leaders are born, but but more than born, they're made. So there is a making that has to happen. And the people have to vote. Do you see that? Like God didn't say, I'm going to make you a leader and it don't matter if anybody fo- follows you and anybody, you and me know, Joshua, you're a leader, buddy. No, if the, if the people don't follow, you're not a leader. If people aren't following you, you're not a leader. So God makes you the leader. You have to be made into a leader, but then it, it's confirmed through influence. So I know people are like, I am a leader. I am called. I am anointed. I am God's gift to whatever. And then you look around them and you go, well, I don't see anybody around you. I don't even see people who like you, let alone follow you. So confidence, it's more than confidence. Now you need confidence, but it's more than confidence. Because I know great leaders who are not confident. They should be. They should be more confident, but they're great leaders. People like them. People trust them. People follow them. And they've got their own insecurities. But I know other people who are super confident. And then, But you look behind them and there's no one behind them. So Israel has to call you a leader. <laughs> Think about that. They will know that I'm with you just as I was with Moses. Think about, just even think about Shannon like, Everywhere we go. So do you teach? Do you, do you teach? Do you, like, do you teach? That's like the question. And it's like, no, I run a multi-million dollar organization. That's what I do. I don't teach on Mother's Day, loser. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, she's actually a leader. I have an army who follows me. Do you see the difference? Because the women who ask that, teach on Mother's Day. So it's like, well, you don't teach either. Do you teach? Like, do you like co-lead with Jabin? Well, you don't co-lead with your husband. You just think you do because you pray on the mic once a year. So she, (laughs) well, I don't know where all this is coming from. I should not be teaching after Miracle Offering Weekend. So the point is she's fully leading with me. And the proof of that is not in that she teaches once a year. The proof of that is who follows her. So 
Israel's got to vote on you. <laughs> and they will know that I'm with you just as I was with Moses. So I want to, I want to think about this. We, we, we talked about why tithe and why give and why are we giving and all these questions? Why are we building? But here's, here's a question that we should be wrestling with as a team. Why did people give? Think about it. People gave a lot of money Sunday. We'll announce that on team night, but people gave a lot of money Sunday. Money continues to come in. Money will continue to come in. So why do people do it? Why did people stretch? Why did you stretch? Y'all did, I, I think. I mean, I don't know yet. I haven't checked, but I will. Um, why did we stretch? Why did I stretch? I, I, I stretched big time. I, why did we give? Why did people... How, why did people hear from God to give to this ministry? Why did... And, and some people stretched and it was 50 bucks and other people stretched and it was 50,000 and... and and you know what I'm saying? So it's not about amount. It's about what, what made people give to this ministry on Sunday. We, we should answer that question because it's important for your ministry. Because now the question becomes, well, why, why would people serve your ministry? Why are they on, why are they on your team? Why are they going to join you at 6 a.m. on Sunday mornings? And load in and load out. Why are they going to help you on a Thursday night capture a service? Why are they going to join your worship team? Why are they going to learn vocal parts on your team? Why are they going to hold a sign in 115 degree weather? Why are they going to go carry a kid and hold a kid and love a kid and change a kid's diaper and, and teach? Why are they going to come on a Wednesday night and hang out with young people? You, you need a... Because if they gave like they gave Sunday, now you do not have an excuse for why people don't serve on your team. Okay, because what Sunday's offering proved is that our people are willing and excited and bought in. You know, man, I just can't get anyone to serve on my team because, you know, people are just don't. Uh uh. That's not what Sunday said. Uh, people are just busy, Pastor. People just got a lot going on. It's not what Sunday said. Su- Sunday proved such a massive buy-in to our church. And it should stir you as you're building teams because it, it proves that there are a lot of willing, excited, bought-in people in our church. Even even like a Lopez family who owns their own company, very busy, lot going on, very full lives, willing to serve, right? So that that is a picture of, it. it's not just that they're a great couple, yes they are, but a great couple is going to want to follow a great leader. So, so we got to think this way, okay? So God says, I'll make you a great leader. But it's going to be proven not that you say you're a great leader. It's going to be proven in that people follow you. Okay, so what what is what does a great leader need? And and why? And I want you to think about this as you're building your team. And I want you to think about this as people gave Sunday. Here's the first reason I believe people gave. They gave um, out of trust. There's a trust. They, they trust that when we say every 
penny is going to that building, they trust that every penny is going to that building. Not the staff is going to get bonuses and nope. Every they there is a trust in that. Um, there there was a church that was given a a huge. Uh, I heard this story of a got this huge gift, a, a, a couple of million dollar gift. And within the next couple of weeks, like the top six staff members in the church were all driving new cars. And literally the church had leased the staff members, all these cars. And it's just the look of it. It's not, it's actually not wrong to lease a vehicle for an employee. That's not the problem. It was the look. It was like, wow, we got this huge gift. Everyone's driving a new car. What is this? And it and it was just, it's not even that it was wrong for the church to do that. It was dumb for the church to do that. It was just, and, and the church did it because they were like, cool, now we have the money. This is a way we can help compensate our staff. Again, nothing, it's, it's not that it was, as a leader, when you're building trust, it's not always right and wrong. You know what I mean? It's not always just, well, I didn't, I didn't sin. I didn't do the, it wasn't illegal. It wasn't, but it's trust. It takes years to build trust and it takes seconds to destroy trust. It takes years to build it, seconds to destroy it. Years to build it, seconds to destroy it. I've been married for 16 years. There's never going to be, there never has been because there, no one's ever going to go, hey, check out this DM from Jabin or look at these inappropriate texts from Jabin or, because I've never done it. And I've never done it because I know that I can't, you couldn't even have a second of weakness because even a, I could, I could have 16 years of integrity and have one second of weakness and no one will judge me on the 16 years of integrity. They'll judge me on the one sec. Why did he like that post? What was he looking at that for? Why was he, why did he write that girl that? Why did he, huh? Boom. Just lose it that quick. So people have to trust. There has to be a trust and it's not always right and wrong. It's not always good and evil. It's not, it's best. And people want to feel that that's integrity. That's it's integrity is consistency. Integrity is consistency. Whoever you are, be that and be that all the time. Integrity is consistency. I'm going to go. On a trip this week to Utah, I'm not planning on doing anything out of my normal lifestyle while I'm in a different city in a different state. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not like, whoo, three days in Park City. I'm a wild out because nobody knows who I am. No, I <laughs> taking my daughter, my wife and daughter and family to a cabin. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that way. Integrity is consistency. So, you, so 
And, that, and that's why people will serve in your ministry, because they trust you. So the same way that, that the, the person goes, I heard from God, $5,000. I heard from God, $1,000. I heard from God, $500. I heard from God, $100,000. I heard from God. That trust, it's the same thing to go, man, I trust that person. I'll help them. There has to be a trust where they, where they just look at you and go, I believe you. There are people that I look at that I go, I, I don't hate them. I don't even judge them. I'm not mad at them. I'm not against them. I just don't believe them. So I'm not mad at you. I just don't believe you. I don't know how to explain it. I see that like that'll happen with politicians sometimes. I'm like, you're saying everything right. But boy, this just feels so rehearsed and so right. Um, and, and, it, and it happens in the church too. So trust is essential. Number two, relationship. Relationship. I go back to one of our earliest scriptures that we really kind of built this ministry on Acts 3. Peter said, look at me. And the man looked at him. Peter said to him, silver and gold I have not. There was, a, there was something in, in Peter that was able to slow down and not just blow by the guy at the gate beautiful. He, he slowed down. Relationships require a pace. Think about this. Relationships require a pace. I saw a funny Instagram yesterday of this couple, and they were like cuddling and laughing. They were having a, a adult beverage and just like giggling, and and then the the little funny, uh, you know, that little voice, that little computer voice that is on all the memes or whatever the reels. It goes when you realize you. Uh, when you realize you love your spouse, it's just the kids. <laughs> like you actually get a night together without the kids and you're like, oh man, you're great. I love you. Like, <laughs> so because relationship requires pace. When, when Shannon and I are with Goldie, we're at a totally different pace because you have to be because you just, it just, it never stops. And I love it. I love it. I love it. But it, you're, it's constant talking. It's constant conversation. It's constant. We got to go to the bathroom. We got to go. We got to get some food. We need dessert. We need something to drink. We need. It's constant, constant, constant. And then when we get alone, it's like everything goes into slow mo. And intimacy requires pace. So when Peter and John are are marching to the temple to pray, they were able to slow down and talk to the man, right? So there's this pace. Relationships require pace. If you look, uh, I'm thinking of another, ep I'm thinking of a Seinfeld episode where, where Jerry goes to George, what do you even do? You have an assistant, you have this, you have he said, how do they even, why do they even pay you? And George says, well, I just walk around frantic and frustrated all day. <laughs> 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 And I just look busy. <laughs> well, George was doing that to lie to his bosses so that he looked busy. But there is something when you you when you think you're you look important and you look busy and you look frazzled and you look but people don't people don't like that. So in the in the 
in the show, the bosses were so impressed that George was just constantly working. But people are turned off by that. They don't like me. You're too, ah, you make me nervous. Your face is always frustrated. There's always a brow. There's always a, so you got to slow down and connect. People have to have that relation, relational connection. Slow down and connect. Something that I always say, people go, hey, I know you're really busy, but, and I always stop and go, I'm not busy. I'm not busy. I'm not busy. What's up? I'm not busy. Hey, no, you got a lot on your plate, but I said, no, I'm not. No, I don't. And I do. But I don't, <laughs> but I never, ever want to communicate that. Because I slow down, connect. Relationships require a pace. There is, there is a pace that you have to communicate to your team for them to feel like they can connect with you. And it's, it, it's something in you that, that we, we work really, really, really hard, but there's an ease. You, you have to find that. And you have to, people have to feel like you're approachable and friendly. Approachable and friendly. Approachable and friendly. Approachable and friendly. They have to feel like they can send you the text. They have to feel like they can pick up the phone. They they have they have to feel that. If you make them feel weird for calling you or texting you, or if you don't get back, if you don't get back, you're either you're either communicating you're not valuable to me, or I'm just really busy. And and people will feel that and either go, well, they're too busy to write me back. So man, they must be really busy. I don't want to bother them. Or they don't care about me. Either way, we're communicating the wrong thing. Approachable and friendly. Slow down. Connection. Number three. People are going to follow you. People gave Sunday and people will follow you because of the future and the past. The future and the past. Leaders have to be visionaries with a track record. Okay? Not just visionaries. That's a futurist. A futurist is not a leader. A leader is a visionary with a track record. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being a futurist. Like there's nothing wrong with people who it's literally their job to just kind of like try to see where the world is going. It's just not what we do. We are, we're leaders so we, we always have to lead with vision, with a proven track record. So when I, when I say I'm giving today for the 7,500 people who have been born again in our church, track record. Not, you know, guys, one day we're going to have a building. We're going to be able to win souls. Nope. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're only going to do more of it. We're 75,000 people who are going to come to Christ. People can clap over the over the 75,000 that are yet to come because we have a track record that proves where we're going. And we, we just at our own rate, we'll hit that in a couple of years. But at the rate that we will go and the way that we will grow, it's going to happen faster. So leaders are visionaries with a track record. So look what we've done. It's proven. It works. We're doing it. And because of that, I can tell you where we're going. So not one day, you know, one day when we have a building, we have a baptismal, we'll be able to do baptisms. Nope, we're doing baptisms right now. 
you know, in the in the in the summer when the weather is bad. Nope, we're going to do them. It's going to be cold, and but we're going to do baptisms on Sunday because it because you you have to vision. Um, there is a group that can settle for vision by itself, but. Good people, world-class people, don't just want vision. Think about this. Men don't just want vision. Let me just even say that. Women are, are romantic enough and emotional enough that they can just hear vision and, and they're gracious enough and kind enough that they can be like, yeah, okay, cool, that's where we're going. Men are a little different because men are visual. Men have to see something. Okay, women have a better imagination. Men have to see something. So this is why a lot of churches are way majority female. Because pastors have created, they sing female songs and they preach in a female way to get female amens. And then you look out in the audience and it's all female. So, Men have to see something. Men have to have some kind of result. Men have to have some kind of grit and toughness. That's not, and none of those things are weaknesses of, of women. It's that pastors have just dropped the ball in that way. And so, uh, and, and low-level people, and this isn't women, low-level people can just like rah-rah every week with like a vision that never gets done, but it's just exciting. But leaders want to see something. What are we doing? Where are we going? What is working? What have you been doing? How is it going? What's next? High-level people want to see that. Business owners want to see that. World-class people want to see that. Sharp people want to see that. And, and then it's on us to raise the level of a lower-level person to think bigger, dream bigger, um, imagine bigger, purpose bigger, work bigger, like there is a part of us that is actually helping people's work ethic in the way that we lead and talk because they go, oh, okay, yeah, there's a better way. Like you got to think for a lot of people, think about the person that like, this is the most excellent thing they're a part of all week. Go work at Dunkin' Donuts and there's nothing wrong with working at Dunkin' Donuts. But like if you don't have a good manager, like like the the I'll say Starbucks. The Starbucks over here by my house is so terrible. And it's it's terrible because there is no leadership. So then the employees are terrible. And um that's their level. So if any of those employees were to come here, this would be the highest level thing that they're a part of. So now there's another Starbucks and I've talked about this before. I don't go to the Starbucks half a mile from my house. I go to the one three miles from my house because the service is so good and they all know who I am and the manager knows who I am and they're all so kind and the the experience is worth the extra eight minutes in the car just for that. So I've talked about that in the past, but my point is for a lot of people, we're, we're the most excellent thing they're a part of. And we shouldn't um, rest in that 
or be prideful in that. We should want to grow in that even more and more and more because it will help them level up wherever they're at. So uh, people gave because of the past and people gave because of the future. And people will serve your ministry because of the past and because of the future. There's a proven track record and there's vision. There's, here's where we're going. And I I said something Sunday that I really do believe in. We're going to get bigger, but we're not going to change. And you go, well, well, all growth requires change. No, we're not going to change. People aren't going to go, oh, and City Light used to be like, no. There's always the values, the bones, the DNA of who we are is never going to change. It's going to get bigger, so it'll look a little different, but it's not going to, on a DNA level, it's not going to change. So there's a there's a big future, but there's a great past. And, and the reason that people would give to the future is because they've already experienced it on their level, and now they want more people to experience it. Right. If, if, so if you, if you go to like a, you, you can find a church that has like big vision, big talk, big talk, big talk, big talk, but it never turns into anything big because the people don't have the experience of what the pastor's saying. But if you go, we want more people to experience what you've experienced. I got a track record. People go, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, I need I need other people to experience this. Oh, yeah, I need more people to come to this church. Oh, yeah, we need more. Do you see the difference? So it's like, we're going to be great one day. We're going to be great one day. Give. People don't. Nuh-uh. We are great. Your life has been changed here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do more of that. Done. <laughs> you see that? Now, and that's the same way with your ministry. So if, and a greeter has to feel that, and a kids worker has to feel that, and a lighting operator has to feel that, and a cameraman has to feel that, and a youth leader has to feel that, every person, a musician has to feel that, it's like, man, this is awesome, this is exciting, I'm being ministered to, and my gifts are being used. Oh, you want more from me? Done. Let's do, let's. Let's be a bigger expression of the life change I felt. Not if we get bigger, lives will be changed. It's lives are being changed. Let's create more room. Big difference. I'm not trying to like play with semantics here. I'm not like trying to sound fancy. I'm telling you, there's such a difference in what I just said. Can't get up on a Wednesday night and go, we're going to have a youth revival in this. You know, hundreds of kids are going to. No, you need 50 kids to have a youth revival. You don't, you don't even have to talk big. You actually don't have to talk big because people don't even like a big talk. People like, I've been changed. My kids love this church. My marriage is better I love Jesus more. I'm not who I was a year ago when I walked in this church. Want me to serve? Bet. Need me to give? Done. Need me to pack up a box? I'm in. So you don't have to talk big. Now, 
so the vision is not we will be better when the vision is we're going to do more. Don't don't you think we need this in St. George? Yes. Don't you think we need this in Boulder City? Yes. Don't you think we need this over in Prump? Of course. Don't you think we don't you think we need more campuses throughout Vegas? Yes. Not because then we'll be significant. This is significant. We should do more of this. That's where people will give, and two, that's how people will serve your ministry. And you've got to get that out to the people. That's so vision. I, I think a lot of what we've called vision and visioneering is actually not vision. It's it's trying to it's it's an attempt at inspiration. And instead of let's just do more of what we're doing, we're working so hard on the health. Isn't this amazing? Yeah, let's do more of that. We we have a little um, from Trader Joe's. We have one of those Grinch Christmas trees, and on it it says that if in the in the right conditions, if you plant this, it can grow up to thirty feet tall. And so Goldie's freaking out because she's thinking she's like, Dad, where are we gonna put this? Egg? You know, um, but we're we're not we're not trying to say we're not trying to create an un um an unrealistic oh this is what could be this is what could be no we we want to keep this thing healthy cuz if i'll keep this tree healthy it will grow that's my focus how 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 can i keep my teams Feeling the trust, feeling the relationship, feeling the love, feeling the vision, reminded of the amazing things that God is doing here. But never, vision should never be a carrot out in front of the donkey. There's a difference. It's, look what God is doing. Wow, this is amazing. Yeah, let's do more of that. Oh my God, yeah. That's that's how you build it. So vision can be inspiring, but I think where people mess mess up is that they've confused vision and inspiration. And true vision should be birthed out of a track record of what we're already doing. Huge, to me, difference in it's not, I hate this, and I hate this season, and I hate what we're doing, and I'm not happy but one day. That's not vision. That's not even hope. That's not even, I mean, that's just, I don't know what that is. Vision is, look at the amazing things God is doing. Let's continue to steward that. Let's keep this tree healthy. Let's do all we can do to to fan the flame and, and put fuel on the fire. Let's continue to dot, 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 dot. And then it all it will do is is grow. I'll end with this story. Um, in the uh, right before the two thousands, Chick Fil A was exploding, and uh, they were becoming they were really in a kind of a place all by themselves. And does anybody remember Boston Market? Do y'all remember that name? Boston Market is a restaurant. Okay. Well, before it was Boston Market, it was Boston Chicken. So, just a little history for you. But Boston Chicken was becoming the number one competitor of Chick-fil-A. So, uh, and then Boston Chicken came out with a statement, public statement, we will 
be a billion dollar company. We're going to make a billion dollars in a year. And they were doing this huge push towards that. So the Chick-fil-A reps got together. They were freaking out because they were going, they're going to, they're going to become a billion dollar. We're going to get crushed. How do we, what, how do we get to a billion? What do we do to get to a billion? How do we get to a billion? What do we do to get to a billion? What do we, and they're in this board meeting. They're all freaking out. And after about an hour, Truett Kathy slams the boardroom table and he goes silence and everyone gets quiet and he goes, gentlemen, stop talking about getting bigger and everyone's quiet. And he goes, we need to be obsessed with getting better because if we get better, our customers will demand that we get bigger. And didn't we, all of us in Vegas driving to California for Chick-fil-A going, where are you going? We demanded. Well, the next year, Chick-fil-A became a billion dollar company. Boston Chicken got murdered. Rebranded as Boston Market. Now I think there's like four around America. They got crushed. Boston Chicken had big talk. Big, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. Drew Kathy said, let's just get better. And we won't even have to worry about getting bigger. The people will demand that we get bigger. Can I tell you five services? People are demanding that we get bigger. Overflow, people are demanding that we get bigger. Sarah Vista, that there is a demand for our growth. So we're not trying to get bigger, trying to get bigger, trying. We're, we're just having to take that little Grinch tree and we're having to put it in some new soil so we can grow to the next level. And, it's, and it will continue to demand to get bigger and then we'll take it out of that and we'll go to Jones and it'll grow. And then at that point, we're going to go, okay, we've maxed out this building. It's time to go to the Northwest. Okay, it's time to go to the Southeast. Okay, it's time to go. So we don't have to try to get bigger. We have to work on getting better. And the people will demand that we get bigger. Because the Israelites made him their leader. You know what I'm saying? They, they saw it. They recognized it and they showed up with friends and they showed up with family and they showed up with resource and they, 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 God was doing the work in Joshua, but then the Israelites had to confirm it. And the same is true for us. I think God's doing a great work and the people are confirming it. And again, and you know, if you're hearing this or whatever, that doesn't mean that if something is small right now that um, you're insignificant. That's not what I'm saying. But I, but I am saying, you know, if, if we were right, if we were at the same level in five years, we've, we've missed it on some level. Um, even, even if it was just the fact that we got comfortable and we and we kept that tree because that tree is only gonna can only grow as big as that pot will allow it to grow. So same way, if you put a shark in an aquarium, it's gonna be eight inches. If you put a shark in the ocean, it's gonna be eight feet. That you you create the next atmosphere for growth. That's why we have to leave here and go to Sierra Vista because we have to create the next atmosphere where it can actually grow. Growth is not let's do a three p.m. service on Sunday for 
50 people. Growth is not let's do Saturday nights now, two on Saturday nights and burn ourselves out. And no, that's not growth is let's let's try to create a bigger space and place for more people. Does that make sense? So if we get better, the people will demand that we get bigger.